Want to be prepared for any storm that may hit your desk during the workday? Automox has your back. Check out the brand new Autonomous IT Podcast. Listen in as a variety of experts in the IT operations space discuss the latest Patch Tuesday releases, mitigation tips, and custom automations to help with CVE remediations. Make new work friends. Listen now to the Autonomous IT Podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel Meisler. All right, something super cool to share I've been working on this week. So approximately a million and the seven people have asked me for a deep dive on how I'm using AI, all the tools I build, what they do, how I set them up, and most importantly, how they could actually do the same and build their own AI stack. So I've built an intense three-hour course that covers all of this, and I'm going to be running this in January. The course is called Augmented, and it's going to cover things like what I want from AI uh, or the various problems that I'm solving, the framework that I actually use for that, a live demo of all the different workflows. That's the first section. Second section is all about the tech stack that I built, uh, the prompts and templates that I've used. The guide section, which is the next section, is a step-by-step -step for building the server-side infrastructure, then a step-by-step -step for building the client-side infrastructure and hosting recommendations for that. And the outputs are the full guide to building the entire thing multiple full text copies of the actual AI modules that I use, a whole bunch of them, and also a set of ideas you could use for different professions and areas of focus to build new modules for yourself in like security and writing, copywriting, stuff like that. So basically by the end, you'll be able to build a copy of my AI ecosystem for yourself. And it's going to be limited in attendance. It's going to be a live course. It's going to be about three hours long. And the early access price is $495. For UL subscribers, it's $445. And for UL members, it's $200 off. So about half. And that makes it $295. So really excited about this. It's Again, it's going to be in January and looking forward to that. All right. Just had the opportunity to talk to my good friend, Gabe about a bunch of AI topics. Um, the video is now live on YouTube and you can get the link in the show. We talked about AI safety, use cases for threat intelligence and all sorts of stuff. It was a really cool conversation. Great to have Gabe on the show. Right, going into security. So researchers have found a way to extract megs of ChatGPT's training data by prompting it to repeat a word indefinitely. So you basically just tell it to do it constantly and it starts regurgitating things like email addresses, phone numbers, and stuff like that. And if you actually try this, which I, I don't recommend you do, but if you do, you're now getting a warning from OpenAI, sometimes saying that the attack is against the terms of service. And Meta's rolled out end-to-end -end encryption by default on Messenger. A lot of people are like, oh, this is absolute victory. A lot of people are like, this is the worst thing ever. It, the one thing I can say for sure is that I consider people to be infosec unsophisticated if they are all for 100% for end-to-end -end encryption or if they're 100% for moderation and therefore not having an end encryption. Because what people don't realize that I haven't thought deeply about this or haven't grappled with the problem is when you do end-to-end -end encryption, there's nothing in between for filtering. 
which means you can run a whatever, a um, human trafficking network or or a child porn exchange network or whatever other type of really nasty crime. You can run the entire network or the whole system on this platform that does an encryption. That means the government can't get in there. The company itself can't get in there. If that's one of the features, which I, I imagine it probably is for Meta, I haven't checked that. But if nobody even has the keys to even go and look, right, it can't be subpoenaed. Again, I'm not sure if that's the case for Meta. But in those situations, it's um, it's really good for privacy, but there is a trade-off. And the trade-off is you now have the ability to, you're now hosting what will absolutely, without question, be used for all sorts of unspeakable crimes. And there's another side to that, which is, well, that's why we have to monitor everything. We have to be in the middle. We have to do filtering. We have to be responsible. And that means you're breaking encryption um, a lot, if not all the time. So you kind of have these two camps of like, you must always break encryption or you must always be end-to-end encrypted. And somewhere in the middle, it's like, there's some nuance there. Some people make a nuanced argument of like, well, it should be end-to-end except for in these cases, then we do filtering. And once you step into that world, it's nasty. And that's why everyone has been struggling with this for so long. So the one place that I don't think people should be is like very sure, 100% sure about one extreme or the other. Anyway, that that was just a little digression there on end-to-end encryption. So my, my overall take on this whole meta thing is like, in general, I'm for end-to-end encryption. I, I just wish that there were a way to have it while also having some of these controls in place. And uh, that is not an easy problem. Atlassian just patched four more critical vulnerabilities that could allow RCE. They are 9.8, 9.0, 9.8, and 9.6. Those sound like Olympic scores, but they are not. Incidents. U.S. agencies hacked. Hackers exploited a critical Adobe Cold Fusion flaw to hit U.S. government servers. This one is critical. Uh, Miklos Brody got two years for trashing his ex-employer's code after being fired. And now he's got to pay $529,000 and will be under supervised release for years. And Navy contractor Ostra, no, Ostol USA confirms a cyber attack with no operational impact. Although I'm saying, well, yeah, we we have to wait and see, right? Just like we talked about last week, you, you don't really know until the other, uh, you know, shoe drops. Um, what, what type of thing happens, um, or what, what type of thing actually happened and what will come out later. But anyway, for for now they're saying it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I think they're still researching vulnerabilities, Sophos RCE exploitation. Sophos had to fix an issue for an RCE vulnerability after a bunch of attacks on outdated firewalls. And Russian hackers are exploiting a critical Outlook bug to take over exchange accounts. And this one is critical as well. And Clam AV also has a critical issue, which you need to get fixed if you run Clam AV. GitLab has a new guide that shows you how to visualize cyber attack techniques using MITRE Attack Navigator. And it includes a ready-to-use example project that lets you map out techniques across the attack framework. And North Korean hackers are phishing crypto teams by impersonating legitimate investment firms. So they get basically get them to download malicious scripts and it gives them access to the computer and then they use that access to transfer the funds. Uh, one common thread I've seen in this is like 
crypto projects in general are just like immature, energetic, nearly, nearly religious in how much they're pursuing fast money. And that's what makes these projects so ripe for fraud, right? Most people involved are trying to become millionaires in like a matter of, you know, weeks or months. And this not only makes them vulnerable to fraud, but all sorts of types of attacks, including phishing, credential theft, investment scams, etc. So this is likely to be a very effective technique. Technology, Google shut the bed basically on its Gemini rollout. It was supposed to be the big GPT-4 killer and ended up flopping for multiple reasons. One was the real model that everyone was waiting for is the ultra model and it doesn't come out until next year. And who knows what progress all the other models will have uh, made by then. Uh, they also fudged some of the demos, not like completely, but uh, trickery for sure. Like, for example, they claimed it was video analysis, but I think what happened was they were doing a series of still image analysis. I'm not sure if the trickery was beyond that, but that was one of the things. And also, you still have to use it in BARD, uh, but the integration wasn't fully baked. So basically, like usual, they have amazing tech. Google really does have amazing uh, machine learning and AI research and researchers, but they continue to fail at product management and marketing and, and basically turning it into a whole package. Um, although the fact that they're going to be integrating this, uh, th they've got a whole bunch of smaller models that you can integrate basically all over in different places. That that's pretty exciting. And the fact that it's going to be kind of like native to Android is a really big deal. And someone created the Google Gemini demo speaking of that, uh, but with GPT four and it actually works. And this is a video of it here in the newsletter. Spotify just cut 17% of its staff and killed off some top podcasts. Signaling something, uh, not sure exactly what that's signaling, but it's not good for the podcasting world. Or maybe it is because it'll be more less noise. I, I'm not sure. I, I tend to think it's bad though because fewer creators uh, or more creators are being dissuaded because there's no money in it. Or uh, maybe there's less money going forward. Not really sure. Again, uh, if that's a Spotify problem or a podcast problem. And Elon Musk launched Grok to premium members. Um, I used it. I checked it out. I signed up uh, to Premium Plus just to use it, and it's pretty decent. I prefer Pinnacle models, though, uh, and I, I'm not sampling and tasting AI. It's not a thing where I just have to know everything about Bard and have to know everything about Grok and, you know, all the different things happening on Hugging Face with open source models. I'm spending my time building. Uh, so I have to pick one and run with it. And the one I've picked for now, at least is open AI. Amazon's rolling out digit. It's humanoid robot. They say it currently costs about 10 to $12 to run. And, uh, they're trying to trying to get that down to like two to $3 as production scales up. But it looks like they've gone from 48,000 robots in their distribution centers in like 2017 to like 800,000. But don't worry. They said that they're there to work in collaboration with humans, not to replace them. I was worried about humans replacing, or I was worried about, you know, robots replacing humans until they said, I don't need to worry about that. Now I feel much better. Tesla is rolling out Apple podcasts to their vehicles next week. They do a really cool thing. They do a holiday update that tends to be a really big update. So maybe this will be part of that. I hope there's like UI, UI changes. I, I love the holiday update because it's usually so large. It feels like a, a, your car got upgraded. So we'll see what they do for this year. 
Humans. Tesla's Model Y just surpassed the RAV4 from Toyota in the new vehicle registrations in the U.S. But at the same time, Ford has reduced their production target for F-150 Lightnings by 50%. So I ask this again, is Tesla the only one winning in EVs? It's starting to feel a little like Uber, where you had Uber and then all these people like Lyft and all these competitors get in. And now Uber is crushing it and a lot of those competitors have died off. And I wonder if Tesla is, there's something about Tesla or maybe they had, you know, first mover advantage and it's kind of sticking. I actually think it's because Elon is crazy uh, in a good way and that he just refuses to not win in EVs. So he, the way he manages is different. The way he pushes, the way he, you know, doesn't sleep, the way he's just crazy about making progress. I think that is kind of the thing that's pushing that being so successful. And of course he's made good, good vehicles. Like I have one, a lot of people have them. And I think the combination of all of that is pushing Tesla forward and keeping it in the front. And it's really sad to see all these uh, companies go heavy into EV to, you know, compete with, and then eventually crush. Like everyone thought, okay, once GM gets in there, once Ford gets in there, Tesla's done. And that, that was the big short bet against Tesla. And it has not happened. And the fact that Ford is now cutting their production by 50% for their electric truck, that is, that's not a good sign. A whole lot of businesses seem to be realizing that Austin and Texas is not the same as the Bay Area. So they're moving out of Austin and back to the Bay Area or maybe moving somewhere else. But I don't know. I, I think the hustle culture of the Bay Area is just so attractive to companies. And there's so many people there in tech. I say there, it's here. Uh, I, I just don't think you can get that anywhere else. And I, I think that household culture really matters. I think Austin is more balanced in a healthy way. And that healthiness means they're not like an Alaskan fishing boat. People actually want to have, you know, some balance in their lives, uh, some time to not think about work. And uh, that's not the best when you need uh, a lot of young, you know, crazy, hungry ambitious workers. And, and I think that's probably the, the push here or one of the main ones anyway, who knows, could be lots of other economic reasons. The extremely large telescope in Chile will be finished in 2028. It will have a 40 meter main mirror, which is like four times larger than the current largest. And it will allow among other things us to see exoplanets on other stars, basically in other star systems from earth as opposed to from hubble or the uh, jwst so that's exciting and a cardiff university study shows that low dose aspirin can cut cancer death by 20 percent this is uh i i thought there was a whole lot of good literature around aspirin uh specifically low dose aspirin for a long time but then there was a big push of anti-aspirin recently in some big studies talking about stroke increasing stroke, uh, chance. So I'm not sure where that fell out. Um, I'm sure we could ask like, uh, GBT to do some research on that. I think I will just wait for the Huberman episode. I'm sure he gets asked this a lot, but essentially there's a lot of evidence saying it really helps for, um, different things, heart attack. And now they're saying cancer. Uh, but there is also some evidence that it can increase uh, stroke chance. So 
uh, I'm not sure which side you should fall on there. So I would say do your own research, but just letting you know. And Canada's cost of living is increasing rapidly, causing reverse immigration. People are leaving Canada because it's too expensive. They'd rather go somewhere warm, I assume. Notes. I got three words for you. Blue Eye Samurai. Blue Eye Samurai. It's on Netflix. It is the most amazing anime I've seen in a very long time, if not ever. You have to go see this. It is rated R, by the way. Uh, it's not like super crazy or nasty or anything like that, but it's just, uh, yeah, a little bit adult-oriented for, uh, I would say, well, just use your judgment. It's R-rated. And Discovery, web API testing, learning how to test web APIs with practical labs and techniques by Albino Wax. SysGPT meets LLM. New tool combines fuzzing with language models to improve security testing. The InfoSec OPML file. This is a goldmine for anyone in InfoSec. Curated list of feeds you can plug into your RSS reader. And it's got a ton of inbound content, like if you do that. And this is from uh, my buddy SecureBee. Decompiler Explorer. Compare decompiler outputs directly in your browser. APK.sh, bash script that streamlines reverse engineering of Android apps. Someone named Tom Hazeldine just released his tool that finds related blog posts using LLM embeddings and GPT-4, making content recommendations smarter and more relevant. So this is actually like a related post plugin is essentially what it is. So uh, a lot of these types of plugins for different blogging platforms, they don't work that well. Well, he's doing it with AI, so really cool piece of code there, and he released it open source. Nuclei AI extension streamlines the process of creating vulnerability templates directly from web content by Project Discovery. Vulnerable Code, a free open source database of software package vulnerabilities. Open Layer, a workspace for evaluating machine learning models, offering real-time updates on performance and anomalies. Taylor Swift Eras Tour is the first to do over a billion in sales. A billion dollars for a tour. Storytelling wins interviews. Top reads of 2023. The Egg by Andy Wire. This is a very short essay. No, not an essay. A story. It's a very short story. It's called The Egg. I mean, you could read this in like five minutes. And it is quite good. Highly recommended. Print that video. Apple and Amex. They're basically talking about being the new uh, relationship for the Apple card and switch off bad TV settings. Recommendation of the week, Blue Eye Samurai. Enough said. And the aphorism of the week, don't be afraid your life will end. Be afraid that it will never begin. Don't be afraid that your life will end. Be afraid that it will never begin. Grace, Hanson note. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time. Thank you.